0: Bruh. Bruh. Underdog has Chris Godwin, 74 and a half receiving yards tonight. 74 and a half receiving yards tonight. Monday night football, the Bucks 4-0 at home against the New York Giants. 11. 11-point 11 favorites. Antonio Brown, out again. Tom Brady, angry, upset. Somber, melancholy, any number of words in your high-risk vocabulary that you want to hear about Tom Brady and these Buccaneers is about to be thrown out because they are going to tape snacks down to the ground and physically take a poop on his chest. And that's going to come via Christopher Godwin. When Antonio Brown is out, Christopher Godwin is an easy easy money maker for y'all. All right. 74 and a half receiving yards. We have a nine game sample on the year in the four games in which Antonio Brown has not played. Christopher Godwin. The third I made that up has averaged 95 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Doesn't always hit the over on 74 and a half, but this is a game in which New York ranks bottom 10, bottom 12, and most of the the defensive categories that have anything to do with this bet. Okay? Pass rush, coverage, whatever the case may be. Christopher Godwin, 74 and a half, receiving yards. Tonight, their good defender, Mr. James Bradbury, will be on Mike Evans on the outside. We've seen that matchup before. Doesn't typically end well for Mike Evans. Probably going to end well for Mr. Christopher Godwin, okay? Christopher Godwin, over 74 and a half, receiving yards. We love that. This feels like a Tom Brady explosion game. Love it, all right? Underdogfantasy.com is where you find this bet. Underdog Fantasy, take the over and then grab something else in that game tonight, all right? When you deposit for the first time and you use the promo code BDGE or you go through the link down below, you're going to get a 100% deposit match. A 100% deposit match. Use the promo code BDGE and they're going to 100% match you. You put down 50, you'll have 100 to throw on Christopher Godwin, someone else in that game, right? Christopher Godwin, Over seventy-four and a half receiving yards on under Douge fantasy. How we doing, everybody? As the people roll in, it was Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler uh, week. I can imagine there were a lot of teams that um, a lot of teams that grabbed those two. Excuse me, this is gonna be a tough one to get through. Sheesh. A lot of teams that grabbed that stack. On the turn, All right? Jonathan Taylor at the 110, Eckler at the 2-2, or vice versa. Those teams, mm, looking good right now. I actually want to look up the rankings for where running back sit at this very moment. How's everybody doing out there? How's your week 11s I got most of my fantasy teams bike on track in week 11. I feel like it's been a shitty few weeks, but um, they're there. Their bike after this week this is big for me. So Taylor is the overall... RB1 in fantasy half PPR right now. Points per game, Derrick Henry is still the king. We'll remain that for the remainder of the season, but obviously he's going to fall behind in total points. We have Jonathan Taylor, overall one. Derrick Henry, number two. Austin Eckler, number three. Najee Harris, four. Joe Mixon, five. Aaron Jones, six. Zeke, seven. Alvin Kamara, eight. James Conner, number nine right now. Good Lord. DeAndre Swift, 10. Interesting. Interesting. So Jonathan Taylor just reigning supreme. Now I feel like an asshole in the One Dynasty startup I did this uh, this offseason where I chose Saquon Barkley over Jonathan Taylor. Everyone told me it was a bad pick at the time, but I don't listen to y'all. Probably should more often. Um, so shout out to everybody that had JT in their lineup and lost. You love to see it. All right, are we ready? Are we ready to get into Tangs? I'm going to remember to share my screen this time. We're going to go game by game, recapping everything, talking about the injuries, the biggest, you know, the plays of the week and all that nonsense. All right. Right click on your little spinny wheel. Bing, bang, boom. It's Prudence in the room. We'll obviously dive into some uh, early week 12 waiver wires. If you're new to the channel, make sure you sub. We do live streams. Eh, not every day, but damn close to it. Turn noties on that way. You know, you'll get notified. All right. Um, see, I'm not going to go into like every single stat and every single piece of the box score and whatnot, just the biggest takeaways when it comes to fantasy things. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, obviously, you know, nothing else to talk about here. Five touchdowns in in a game like this, like no one else is going to eat on the Indianapolis Colts team. Quentin Nelson, possibly injured. Uh, he did come out of the game, so that's something to keep an eye on. I feel fine about Michael Pittman. It was just a game in which Taylor dominated. It's surprising because the Bills defense is usually. Really, really good. On the flip side of things, nothing new here. Uh, you don't want to start any of the running backs. Josh Allen will be fine going forward. He's been less consistent this year, obviously. But I mean, he's not someone that you can ever sit. Dawson Knox finally looked really good. Came bike last week, didn't have a good week, but it looks like he is cemented back into that role that he had. 10 targets, six catches, 80 yards. Just a down week for a lot of the other guys. Um really can't trust anyone in this receiving group right now outside of Stefan Diggs. He doesn't have a big game, but he scores two tuggers. And Cole Beasley still obviously limited in dealing with that rib injury, he only played like 60% of the snaps. Sanders and Gabriel Davis have just been really, really it, pretty fucking, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad for Mr. Sanders. Mr. sad. sand, sad. All right, I'm done. Sorry. Um, Sanders started off red hot and just hasn't been able to get things going here. So I, I look at him as like a low end flex play going forward. I don't know if you can trust anybody else besides Diggs in this offense and Joshua Allen, but just an absolute fucking trouncing six and four for the bills. Colts are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now over the last like six weeks or so. Um, So you just want pieces of that offense in the form of Wentz Taylor and Michael Pittman Ravens bears. This was just a disgusting fucking game. Uh, Lamar Jackson sits out obviously because he's injured Latavius Murray uh, sees his first action bike here. And it was uh, not good for him because Devonta Freeman still controls that backfield. Uh, 16 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. He also catches all six of his targets for 31 yards. I think the storyline here really, or realistically was that, like, Tyler Huntley, Huntley can't do anything with the ball in his hands, right? He can't throw the ball downfield. Therefore, they're obviously going to have to lean on the running backs. It was Latavius' first game bike here, so, like, I'm not really going to le- uh lean too much into the box score. I think we see this as, like, a 1A, 1B going forward with Freeman and Latavius Murray. So I don't think they'll lean on a guy like Defonta Freeman as much with Lamar Jackson, who should be back in the lineup, next week, um, coming off the illness. So I'd rather have Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray right now, but I'm not really gonna feel too confident starting him as anything more of a flex play going forward in the receiving side of things. Uh tough day for Rashad Bateman because Hollywood Brown was out, but like what the fuck's he gonna do with Tyler Huntley as his quarterback? So um feel good about Mark Andrews obviously, but fire up Hollywood, fire up Rashad Bateman when Lamar Jackson is bite. Justin Fields injures his ribs or his chest or whatever they're saying. I believe it was a rib injury. Um By next week, we have the Chiefs and the Cardinals, so power-fucking-packed group of teams that will be on the bye. As far as Thanksgiving games, remember, we got Thursday games this upcoming week, so we're going to have to figure things out quickly. Bears-Lions play Thursday. Raiders-Cowboys play Thursday. Bills-Saints play Thursday. And there are a lot of injuries in this game that will probably force – some players out because of the quick turnaround, Justin Fields being one of them. So Justin Fields after 11 pass attempts and four rush attempts leaves this game. Andy Dalton comes in and goes nuts with Mr. Darnell Mooney, as well as connecting with, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney took a screen pass 60 yards for a tug. Marquise Goodwin had that end of the game play, 49 yards on a touchdown that looked like it was going to seal the game. But realistically, Darnell Mooney sees 16 targets with Allen Robinson sitting now, Allen Robinson, has a hamstring injury he didn't practice at all last week they have the quick turnaround so this tells me that there's a very high likelihood that Allen robinson misses thursday night's game darnell mooney we just saw him see 16 targets plays the lions who are fucking 0 and nine at this 9 and one at this point okay so chicago thanksgiving darnell mooney feels like a really really solid flex play next week i actually just picked him up in etown get down started him this week so that felt fucking good I'm one of the only good moves I've made all maybe in my entire life when it comes to fantasy. So that felt good. I will be playing Darnell Mooney. I won't be playing anybody else. I know it was a down game for Cole Komet, but it seemed like he was starting to get more involved. It seemed like he was starting to get his groove a little bit. I think Cole Komet is startable on Thanksgiving against the Lions. If you're desperate, top 15 play, all right, maybe not like a top 12 play, but not everybody's got a top 12 play. So despite the really, really terrible game from Cole Komet, I do think just objectively looking at the situation, someone who's been getting hotter and hotter and then just had the dud game when everyone was starting to get excited about him. That's when you want to start him again. So Cole Komet, startable. Uh, Justin Fields is probably going to be out, though, against the Lions. Speaking of, the Lions, Tim Boyle, the GOAT, those for 77 passing yards, 3.3 yards per attempt, two interceptions. DeAndre Swift goes nuts on the ground, uh, rips off a 57-yard touchdown run I mean nothing really new here TJ Hawkinson literally has 51 of 77 possible receiving yards in this backfield so nothing I can tell you when they face up against the Bears but the Bears are just not that great of a defense anymore without Khalil Mack kind of spearheading them so I mean you start DeAndre Swift you start TJ Hawkinson and if you could pick up the Bears defense if someone dropped him there's a good chance that you see Tim Boyle again with them on a very very short week on the Brown side of things Baker Mayfield looks uh awful his wife is posting things on her Instagram story about the Browns should be tougher. I mean, how about, like, Baker Mayfield tough? Baker Mayfield fucking moron. Just sit. Like, you're not doing your team uh, any good, playing terribly, injured, have 19 things wrong with your body at this point. Um, You all took the win, but that was because Mr. Chubb goes 22 for 130 on the ground, catches two more passes, one of them being a touchdown. Uh, we saw Dearness Johnson really – I mean, we saw Dearness Johnson – not do anything. So we didn't actually see him do anything is the point five carries 26 yards. So that Kareem hunt role that we thought he might play is just not panning out whatsoever. Uh Jarvis Landry re-injures his knee that he kind of had been like dealing with the entire time, but he wasn't someone that you were starting at this point. He did lead the team with eight targets, but the re-injury um, him just, you know, Baker Mayfield completing 15 passes for 176 yards. You don't really want to start anybody in this lineup. Austin Hooper. I can see getting him back in there. He's been pretty pretty involved at the tight end position but it's not really amounting to much they have donovan people's jones out obviously obj's gone jarvis landry now re-banged up i don't really know what to say in this passing offense if jarvis landry does miss time like austin hooper i guess can be like a solid tight end play but there's really no one you want to start in this offense outside of mr nicholas chubb cream hunt should be back at practice this week um but i think uh, there, there's, there's like a very, very real chance that he just doesn't suit up for week 12 either. And then, uh, they play who the Ravens this upcoming week who are a pretty tough run defense. And then, uh, and then they have their brand, they have their bye the week after that. So you have the Ravens, if cream hunt doesn't play this week, then he's got the bye. he should be back after that. But you're, you know, you're waiting a long time for that. Of course, Houston, Tennessee, man, this is disgusting. Nothing to take away from the Texans side. You literally just can't start a single player. Um, On that team, Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, what a fucking awful day. I really, really thought we were going to get a big day out of Ryan Tannehill, man. He's just not running the ball at all. 52 pass attempts, touchdown, four interceptions. The backfield was ugly. The backfield is ugly. So we have Jeremy McNichols missing this game with a concussion. Adrian Peterson, nine for 40 on the ground, two catches for four yards. Dontrell Hilliard basically played tit for tat, titty for titty with Mr. Jeremy McNichols coming in seven carries, 35 yards, but super involved through the air, 10 targets, eight catches, 47 yards. Deonta Foreman, who a lot of people thought was going to have a big day does the opposite. Seven for 25 on the ground, one catch, 15 yards through the air. This was a true committee with nobody being good whatsoever. Here's what I'll say about this though. I, I think that, with uh, AJ Brown getting hurt, he did something to like his chest rib area. There's a really good chance he misses this upcoming week. With that being said, there is nobody in line to really play well because Marcus Johnson, who you know have been getting a little bit hot, have been getting a little bit of buzz in the industry, he also pulls his hamstring. So you already have Julio out. You have now AJ Brown and Marcus Johnson both possibly out. Do you know who I want? It's not Nick Westbrook-Akini. I kind of like Des Fitzpatrick, actually. I think he's a really super talented rookie, so keep an eye on him. If someone dropped him in your dynasty league, go pick up Des uh, Fitzpatrick ASAP. Here's what I'll say: Jeremy McNichols is a guy who I think could have a really big Week 12. I know it's a long shot, and this is for people who are desperate at the running back position, which is almost fucking 10 out of 12 teams in, in most fantasy leagues at this point. Jeremy McNichols missed this week with a concussion. Okay, so it's not a lingering hamstring or calf or anything. So when he's cleared from the concussion protocol, he's going to be 100% healthy. They're going to have to throw the ball, right? Like they can't run the ball, they don't have a run game, and they have no targets, which means. I feel like we could see Jeremy McNichols play like a, a Michael Carter role the Jets have or like a, even like a Ty Johnson role where he catches, you know, a floor of like six catches, all right? I could see Jeremy McNichols easily ripping off somewhere in the 12 to 17 PPR point range for this upcoming game against the Patriots, all right? It's going to be ugly, but I do think he sees a lot of volume if he is cleared for this game. I think he takes right back over that role that Dontre Hilliard just had. So McNichols cleared. I think he is a sneaky, sneaky pickup on the waiver wire might be tough to see might be tough to see but you know what doesn't make it tough to see spectacles and the single single greatest place on the planet to shop for spectacles is felixgray.com okay we work with this company but i was wearing these and sporting these and yelling about this product far far before we started working with them And luckily for y'all, they literally never, ever do deals once a year for Black Friday coming up. So for the next 10 days or so, if you go over to FelixGray.com, you can use promo code everything15 for 15% off your purchase. I'm telling you guys, they never do deals like this. Never, ever, ever. And I'm always complaining to them. I'm like, yo, you want to sponsor my videos? I need to give the people a reason to purchase. They don't give me a promo code. I'm like, okay, that's fair because the reason to purchase is they're a fantastic product. Y'all know, maybe, maybe if you follow my shit, I'm very into um, a healthy living lifestyle, right? I try to make this a lifestyle brand. I'm very into tech. I'm very into like the idea of biohacking and, you know, good sleep and anti-aging and that kind of shit. And these glasses on Felix Gray, they're, they're known for using blue light glasses, okay? Blue light glasses, which you can get in prescription as well all right, they're like one of the only pairs of blue light glasses on the interwebs in the world that don't look fucking weird, a lot of them have, you know, you go buy a pair of blue light glasses on Amazon for like 20 bucks, they probably work fine, but they look like this, like the spectacles are bright orange, you can't wear them out anywhere, you can't do videos without looking like a fucking moron, Felix Grey is the anti-fucking moron blue light blocking glasses, okay, at night, we have all this blue light going on, right? A lot of you guys are probably back in the office now. So you're looking at a ton of different screens. You're looking at monitors and laptops and cell phones and shit. That fucks with your sleep. Especially if you're looking at your phone at night in bed, fucks with your sleep. Because when you're looking at blue light, your body stops producing melatonin. You put blue light blockers on, boom. It tells your body it's time to start producing melatonin, which is why some people have eye strain. Some people can't sleep at night because they're staring at their phones and shit. I promise you, you will not regret buying a pair of of Felix Gray blue light blocking glasses. All right, go check out Felix Gray. The link, the link to activate the code will be in the description right down below. Do that to one, support me if you're going to purchase. Make sure you go through that link. Let them know that I sent you there. And uh, and they're just very, very much worth the purchase. I promise you. I've been I've been pitching and yelling about them for a long, long time. Do yourself a favor, grab it. Grab it for a loved one. Grab it for a fucking enemy, you know? I don't care. I don't don't care who you grab it for. Just grab them. Felixgray.com, Link in the description. Everything 15 for 15% off. Let's get right to the games. And probably the most exciting game of the slate was this Vikings Packers game. All right. This was a wild, wild finish. And the Vikings walked off on the field goal. Of course, both of these, I mean, these, these, these quarterbacks combined for like 730 yards and seven touchdowns without an interception. Exciting ass day. So we had Aaron Rodgers pop the fuck off aj Dillon didn't really get it done on the ground which was pretty surprising but this uh, vikings defense is, is, is pretty stout against the run did get it done through the air though so 11 for 53 on the ground in the air six targets six catches 44 yards from what i've seen from the content i watch and consume aaron jones will likely will likely be out again this upcoming week it's possible i'm wrong these doctors are wrong every once in a while and i'm only technically a doctor uh so that's also possible the thing to notice though is that the Packers do have their bye in week 13, okay? So if they rest Aaron Jones for this upcoming week, who they play against the uh, the Rams, so tough matchup regardless, if they rest them against the Rams, they'll have the week 13 bye. So you might not see Aaron Jones until week 14, but obviously you continue to put AJ a- Dillon as a high-end, wide, uh, high-end RB1. <sighs> Receiving side of things, Devontae Adams goes fucking nuts, seven for 115, two touchdowns, no surprise there. Marquez Valdez-Cantling, Finally, big game. My fucking best ball teams are screaming right now. They finally poked a little hole through the saran wrap that Marquez Valdez-Scantling put around my face in the beginning of the year. We poked a tongue through, and we waved our tongue. We wiggled it because of MBS. 10 targets, 4 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Am I going crazy about this? Absolutely fucking not, because we've seen next to no consistency from MBS throughout his entire year. But I was excited. I was super excited for him in the beginning of the year because most of the training camp reports were that like, you know what? MBS has actually worked on being a wide receiver this off which is a welcoming, uh which is a welcoming report because he's kind of been terrible the last three years since he's been in the league, but he doesn't really drop much anymore. His hands have been wildly improved. A lot of the 10 targets that he saw were like uncatchable. So not really his fault. MBS, a leading team in targets is something absolutely to take note of. So MBS is certainly a waiver wire pickup for y'all. If, if you are desperate at the wide receiver position, and on the viking side of things kirk cousins again goes nuclear justin jefferson just continues to be historic adam thielen very good game nothing else to mention in the passing game dalvin cook again uh, does his thing 25 more opportunities about a buck 40 or buck 20 on the total yardage front and a touchdown so dalvin cook does dalvin cook things dolphins and the jets the jets continue to do jets things actually a pretty solid day from Flacco. 291 and two tuggers the big takeaway here is mr michael carter ankle sprain and it looks to be uh one of the semi-significance type and we have the jets going up over the next couple weeks which he will likely miss it's probably going to be a multi-week absence for mr michael carter unfortunate because they play the Houston Texans next, which is obviously a great game script matchup for them for fucking anybody in the NFL and probably a lot of college teams too. Houston, Philly, new Orleans over the next three, Miami, Jacksonville, and then Tampa Bay. So really nice slate of, uh, games for whoever is the lead back there. I want to say I'm excited for Ty Johnson, but even in this game, you could see with Michael Carter getting hurt, Ty Johnson gets a single fucking carry one carry five yards, one target eight yards, uh, Tevin Coleman comes back five carries 16 yards does not get a target so if I'm looking at the backfield there's no way I'm picking up Tevin Coleman and starting him I'm okay picking up Ty Johnson and putting him into your flex though, because I think we've seen over the entirety of the year that they like Ty Johnson more he's more explosive he's really involved in the receiving game Um, so if I'm going to pick up one of these guys it's going to be Ty Johnson I I just don't think Tevin Coleman has a ceiling outside of you know scoring a touchdown and getting 12 carries for like 40 yards so maybe 10 points comes out of it but I could see a game where Ty Johnson rips off, you know, six catches for 60 yards and gets in on a goal line carry too. So I think Johnson's got upside while Michael Carter is gone and we are continuing to see the absolute fucking explosion break out of Elijah Moore. You know, we've been telling you to pick him up for the last few weeks. Eight for 141 and a touchdown. So that is four touchdowns over his last three games. Just, Just a few monster games in a row for Mr. Elijah Moore. Pick his ass up if you can. We will also have our detailed waiver wire article and fab guidance available to our members bdge.store forward slash community that will drop at some point tomorrow on the miami side of things two will look good 273 two touchdowns and interception michael um what the fuck did i say michael miles gaskin another you know, another big fucking game with a ton of opportunities. Twenty-seven more opportunities. It leads to ninety-five total yards, ninety-six total yards, and a touchdown. So you continue trotting him out there because since Malcolm Brown's gone down, Miles My- Gaskin is seeing like nearly twenty-five opportunities a game, and you know, eventually, like we saw in this one, a couple of those are going to lead to touchdown opportunities. So he continues to be like a, a nice little buy-low opportunity if you can get him. Um, now that he scored the touchdown, probably not too attainable, but. Mike Kosicki, eh, tough game. Jalen Waddle, eight for 65. He continues to be a crazy high volume player. Uh, he's got to be close to like maybe not leading the league in targets, but I mean, can't be too far off. Let's see. Number seven in targets, uh, 86 targets, 8.6 targets a game. I mean, you're looking at what a 16 game pace of 150 targets. That's insane for a fucking rookie. I know none of them are going past like four yards, but, I mean, PPR, absolute dynamite here. So, Jalen Waddell, continue firing him up. Mike Kosicki, Troman to your lineup. Miles Gaskin in the lineup. Two, I feel pretty good about. Uh, Miami gets, let's see, over the next few weeks, Carolina, the Giants, a bye, the Jets, New Orleans, Tennessee. So, a couple good, a couple bad. Um Hopefully you can mix and match Tua with another quarterback. If you are in a super flex league, saints continue to look kind of shitty with Trevor Simeon under center. Um, Hopefully they go to Taysom Hill soon, but there's no promise of that. Unfortunately, Mark Ingram with Alvin Kamara outs continues to dominate backfield touches. You know, it didn't come to uh, a lot of points because he did not get in the end zone, but PPR, he caught six passes for 25 yards, 16 carries, 88 yards. Um, Here's what I'll say Adam Troutman, I believe, got banged up in this game. I believe he did something, but eight targets, five catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown has been super involved over the last few weeks. So if you are looking for a tight end and he's not, let's see, well, let's see what the Twitter shears got going on with Mr. Adam Troutman. Make sure you follow me on Twitter if you are not already. It's at Nick Urquhart. You can see it in the bottom left there. Troutman. Yeah, Adam Troutman's target shares over the last four games 17.1, 16.7, 18.2, 22.2. So he's starting to get more production here. Saints tight end Adam Troutman was down for a while after making a great contestant catch, has had a really nice game, walking off with help now. Okay, it doesn't seem too too serious, but we might have to check a little bit uh, more detail on that. But he's a tight end pickup. There's not a lot of good tight end pickups anymore, right, at this point in the season because most of them, you know, we know their usage and we know what they're up to. You know, they're on the fucking creep, no more. Uh, Adam Troutman, decent pickup. I also think Traquan Smith has looked, you know, decently well when he's not getting high volume like he did in this one. Eight targets, five catches, sixty-four yards. He's finding the end zone. So one way or another, I feel like Traquan Smith has looked decently okay. So he is one of the the better wide receivers to pick up on waiver wires. It's not like red, you know, someone who's probably less than you know forty percent owned or something. Traquan Smith has shown some decent chemistry with with Trevor Simeon, uh, Alvin Kamara. They play the. Buffalo Bills. So tough matchup, regardless. Uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see what's good with Alvin Kamara because he practiced it in a limited fashion on Wednesday and then was downgraded and then ruled out. So might have had a set bike here. Keep an eye on that. We have Jalen Hurts, nothing through the air, but three fucking touchdowns on the ground. I mean, nothing new there from Jalen Hurts. We knew that. Miles Sanders, first game back, looked very good. uh 16 for 94 on the ground, 5.9 yards per carry. The Other backfield mate, Mr. Jordan Howard, 10 for 63, looked good on the ground as well. But Miles Sanders looked like the, you know, the clear lead back here. Only got a target, but no one else was really targeted in the backfield. Um, Miles Sanders just like was allergic to the football. He just literally kept giving it away to the Saints. So that's something to keep an eye on. I want to say he fumbled three fucking times or something like that. Only lost one of them. But, you know, you never know if they just continue to trust Jordan Howard. Obviously, you know, 16 carries for Sanders, but 10 carries for Jordan Howard, a clear uh clear committee there Goddard big game Devonta Smith and eh, four for 61 so it is what it is back there we know we know what the deal is with Goddard and Smith they are you know decently high floor plays with uh the hope of a touchdown but nothing more because Jalen Hurts is not a prolific passing guy Washington Carolina uh fun game fun game Antonio Gibson continues to be this like you know everyone's like high floor but like yeah 95 yards didn't get a single fucking target loses a fumble so again I I continue to tout him as a sell high guy if you can um, but he's getting a lot of work. So we'll see how long that holds up for. It's just not very, very productive work, unfortunately. Taylor Heineke, three touchdowns, Terry McLaurin. You know, the most obvious thing to do when you have guys like Terry McLaurin struggling and everyone's like, we can't trust him, is to trust him. And this was, you know, every once in a while it's like, oh, we can't trust Terry McLaurin. And then he goes five for one oh three and a touchdown, five for 110, two touchdowns. That everyone's like, I feel more confident. It's like why? We like we knew this shit was gonna happen. So Terry McLaurin, elite, like we knew it. Elite like you fucking read about in a magazine. On the flip side, this was exciting. We had an exciting exciting game from Carolina. Carolina Cam, bro. Cam Newton, 189 yards through the air, two touchdowns. More importantly, 10 carries, 46 yards on the ground and another tugger. Rips off 28 fantasy points. Man, this is, you know, this is exactly what you want to see. He just looks more comfortable, man. He looks he looks a l- so much better in Carolina this year than he did in New England last year. It was just a weird fit, such a wonky fucking fit to be a Patriot for a year. The offense did not, you know, was not based around – it was just – it was not good. Uh, Love what we saw from Cam in this first game. though. looked good, 21 of 27 through the air. Obviously not a lot of, you know, deep downfield playmaking ability uh on the Panther side of things, but, I mean, 10 carries, 46 yard in the touchdown, had that nice 24-yard touchdown run. More importantly, Christian McCaffrey, eight targets, seven catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown through the air, 10 carries, 59 yards. So we're not seeing the big rushing games from C-Mac, but like like I said in the waiver Wire show last week, it doesn't matter because Cam is going to continue to dump the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. So uh, the targets are really, really good to see, and C-Mac continues to be a high-end RB1 in every single format. So Cam is going to be – I mean, he's going to be a borderline QB1 going forward, like top 12 guy if, if he's going to continue to do this on the ground his schedule is miami this upcoming week so i will be starting cam in the e-town get down league super flex league as my quarterback too uh we have a bye week in week 13 which is obviously a little bit of a hit to him but then they play atlanta so you're able to start cam in two uh, in both of their next two matchups they get at buffalo tampa bay at new orleans so it gets really dicey towards the end of the season but squeeze out what you can from this man cam for the next two weeks uh good to see dj moore visit the end zone Looked like he was on that fucking broke boy diet for a while. Wasn't, wasn't going to be able to afford a, a little vacation trip to pay dirt, but he found the uh, uh, the point box, as they, like to, as they like to call it, over there. Only two things in this world we like to call the point box. The end zone and Zendaya's uh, enough of that. Five for 50 and a touchdown, seven targets. No one else you can trust in this passing offense as per every single week of the NFL season thus far. Niners absolutely walloped Jacksonville. Oops. Didn't mean to open discord. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Whoops. Well, if you uh, become a member of the big dogs site, bdg.store, you also get into our discord, which no one give a fuck about right now. Wow. I almost did it again. What am I doing? Nick? Get a, get a fucking grip. All right. Well, the Niners just trounced the Jaguars 30 to 10 biggest takeaways. Debo Samuel, is a running back now. Eight for 79 and a touchdown on the ground. He was literally lining up in the backfield like a running back and just taking handoffs. These weren't end arounds. These weren't like special trick plays for the most part. He was just really fucking good with the ball in his hands, which should not be a surprise. Jeff Wilson gets the start because Elijah Mitchell's out with that finger. 19 carries, 50 yards. He was bad. Um, Jimmy G missed him for a wide open touchdown. Their first drive of this game was like 20 plays. It was something like the longest and the most plays run on a drive in like 20 years. It was something insane. The 19 yards or 19 plays, 85 yards ended up settling for a fucking field goal right off the bat because Jimmy G missed Jeff Wilson for a wide open touchdown, but Jeff Wilson just did not look good. Uh, You know how bad you got to be as a running back for Kyle Shanahan to let Trey Sermon get 10 carries. That's all you should probably need to know for Mr. Jeff Wilson. So if Elijah Mitchell misses another game, they play the Minnesota Vikings, which is a pretty tough matchup on the ground. I'm still putting Jeff Wilson in my lineup, right? Like 20 touches is something that you can't really replicate off the waiver wire often. So he's still going to be like a low-end RB2 for me because he's going to get the goal line opportunities when they're down there. Um, but this is just a reminder of, you know, Jeff Wilson is not the elite talent like Elijah Mitchell has been up to this point in the season. Brandon Ayuk, man, that's probably the bigger storyline here is that while they use Debo Samuel as the running back, he only saw two targets. And he's been seeing like 10 targets a game. But Ayuk has been really good for fantasy in three of the last four games. Seven targets, catches all of them, 85 yards and a touchdown. Ah, man, I hate to I hate to say it out loud. I might turn the game down on my mic real quick and say this. Brandon Ayuk might be startable in fantasy football again. Brandon Ayuk might just well damn be startable in fantasy football again. Good Lord. Brandon Ayuk might just well be startable in fantasy football again. You heard it here from me, and I wish you didn't hear it from me. But, I mean, Ayuk's look really good, man, and he's performing like he did last year. I know the dud game is fucking coming. It's without a doubt it's coming, but you, you could do worse than Mr. Brandon Ayuk. You can't really do worse than anything in the passing offense for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence has looked abysmal. We're just going to continue to say it's Urban Meyer's fault, even though, you know, and it's killing everybody, everybody in this offense, James Robinson. I'm not worried about it. He's James Robinson and he gets elite type of workload and just overall target share and carry share from the running back group here. So no problem there. The The biggest, I guess, takeaway you could say is that Jamal Agnew suffers a really serious hip injury. I think it's supposed to be similar to what like Ryan Fitzpatrick had. So he's gone probably for the remainder of the season, I guess that opens up like Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault to be like the high target guys. And I feel like there's been spots throughout the entire season where we continue to say that and it hasn't come to fruition. But they've been using Jamal Agnew like we wanted to see from LaVisca. And now maybe LaVisca gets more of the targets that we wanted to see. So like, I guess if you're desperate, you can throw LaVisca or Marvin Jones in here. But I don't know. Close your fucking eyes. Hold your breath and just honestly die if you have to do that. They play Atlanta in week 12, the Rams week 13, Tennessee week 14, Houston, New, uh, New York Jets, New England to, to rattle off. So three out of the next five games, Atlanta, Houston, New York Jets, they have really, really favorable matchups there. So, I mean, I, I guess you could do worse, but like the only one I feel even remotely confident in right now is James Robinson because of the workload. Bengals, Raiders, the Bengals, man. Joe Mixon, shout out to all the people who traded Joe Mixon because I told you all to. Uh, I'll give you a refund on your time, you could probably unsubscribe to my channel. I mean, Joe Mixon didn't get a single target in theory. In theory, what I was saying was correct, right? Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson are are kind of the same player, which is also what I've been saying for the entire year. They get a fuckload of carries, but the Bengals just seem to be a pretty damn good fucking offense. Um, But again, Joe Mixon, is giving up a lot of the passing work to Chris Evans and Samaji Ryan, because he's um, – by giving up a lot of it, I just mean he's literally giving all of it up. He's not seeing the targets, but, I mean, if he's going to get 30 fucking carries and get all the goal line work, I, I guess this offense is just good enough that that is a huge, 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 huge benefit to him. So right now he's like a top five running back. So I've only played in two redraft leagues this year. As bad as it was for me to tell you to trade him away, like I, I own him in both of them. Two redraft leagues, and I have Joe Mixon in both of them. So, like, I'm happy with it, but I just, I still feel like there's something weird about it. Uh, they have Pittsburgh, the Chargers, the 49ers, Denver, Baltimore, Casey to wrap up the 2021 season. So, keep, keep firing Joe Mixon up as a uh, high end running back. One, as for the wide receivers, man, Boyd, six for 49, Jamar Chase, three for 32 in the Tugger, T. Higgins, two for 15. I think this is just what it is. I mean, it's a carousel. Realistically, you, you you continue to obviously start Jamar Chase as a wide receiver one. He gets in the end zone basically every week. Tiggins and Boyd are just like wide receiver threes right now that, you know, you hope have a big game, but it's not anything close to guaranteed on the Raiders side of things. Nothing really to talk about besides Darren Waller, man. Seven for 116. Good to see him have a bounce bike. Uh, just a shitty game all around for the Raiders. So nothing uh, nothing really changes the way I'm looking at this team after this game. Who else do we got? We got three more games. We got the Cowboys, the Chiefs. We got the Cardinals, the Raiders, uh, the Cardinals and the Seahawks and the Chargers and the Steelers. Cowboys-Chiefs. Ugly fucking game for the Cowboys. Uh, Dak looked pretty fucking awful, this offense. I guess the biggest takeaway here, uh, a few takeaways here, because we have a bunch of injuries. So they play on Thanksgiving. They play on Thanksgiving. And that means they are going to be without a lot of players, most likely, okay? Okay. So they play the um, Raiders on Thanksgiving. Amari Cooper is on the COVID list. I believe that almost technically guarantees him being out for Thursday's game. CeeDee Lamb, concussion protocol, which I believe also guarantees him because I believe you have to be five days off of the concussion protocol in order to clear it once you have the concussion, which he does. Uh, So it's very, very likely both Amari Cooper – and C.D. Lamb are out for Thursday's game. I would say ninety percent. Ezekiel Elliott banged up his knee early on. Finished the game. What I'll say is this: I, I uh, not knee, ankle. I think um, there's a chance that this swells up, and because they're on a very short week there's a chance Zeke misses this game. Now, haven't heard anything reported that way. And again, I'm only technically a doctor. So could absolutely mean nothing. Zeke's a tough dude. He plays through most injuries. So he might you know, just be out there and it could be fucking business as usual. But if he's not, obviously Tony Pollard is going to be an uh, RB1. Um, I think Tony Pollard might just be startable regardless uh, because Zeke might be you know, less than 100%. What it means for the receiving group though, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, are going to be like the ones and twos in the passing game. Cedric Wilson has shown to be, you know, a significant part of this offense when Amari Cooper or CD lamb or whoever misses time. So Cedric Wilson would be like the high, the the flyer kind of dart throw waiver wire pickup for me. If we see one of these, or if we see both of these guys miss time, which we probably are going to. Um, so I, I'm not confident in Cedric Wilson, but seven targets in this one, we've seen him have really big plays down the field. He's an athletic guy. So, Cedric Wilson would be like the next stop waiver wire pickup if Michael Gallup is already taken. But Michael Gallup should be, you know, a really, really, really solid wide receiver too for you if both of those guys miss time. Chiefs, uh, back to doing what the Chiefs do. And I guess you could say just winning games, but um didn't do it handily because we had fucking uh what's his face? Mika Parsons. Michael Parsons just living in Mahomes' grill. All day. That dude is so fucking good getting off the line. It's ridiculous. But biggest takeaway here is Clyde Edwards. Hilaire's first game bike here. 12 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Also sees two targets. Darrell Williams relegated to backup duties again. Five for 15 on the ground. Only one target, which or three targets, but only one catch, which is uh, a little bit surprising. I thought first game back, we were going to see more of a split here, but clearly Clyde is uh, you know, basically 100% healthy. I actually want to get the splits here in terms of snaps. And boom, there we go. Mr. Adam Leviton, thank you for the work that you're doing for me. 32 of 68 snaps for Clyde. So he actually didn't even play over 50% of the snaps, but he had 70% of the RB carries, 40% of the RB targets, 16 routes of 45 Mahone, or 45 home dropbacks, which is, you know, what you want to see in the first game back. He could have been limited. We could have seen Drell Williams take more touches than Clyde, but Clyde looked good. Um, so you you continue to fire him up as a RB2 going forward. Their rest of the season schedule is the Oh, they have a bye coming up, so that's unfortunate. But they get Denver, Las Vegas, the Chargers, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. So those next three games, Denver, Las Vegas, Chargers, are, are very favorable for running backs. So I think uh, Clyde could have a nice little ripoff of games here. Cardinals, Seahawks. Uh, the Cardinals somehow get another dub here without Kyler Murray. 328 passing yards, two touchdowns for the Cardinals. I expect after... Their week 12 bye to have DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray back because that's like five weeks of rest. So they should both be back. So there's nothing really to take away here from the Cardinal side of things. Maybe Chase Edmonds is back. And if he is, then uh, I still think James Conner is the guy in this backfield. So Connor's going to hold at worst RB2 value going forward. In my opinion, Chase Edmonds would come back to a role similar to what he had. Probably 78 carries a game with, you know, three to four targets a game. But James Conner is going to get all the goal line work and a very good offense. So I think if you own Conner, you know, you're you're pretty fucking set up for the rest of the season with him, even if Chase Edmonds is back after the bye. Seattle just looking like one of the worst teams in the NFL at this point. A um, few takeaways here. Russ clearly hampered by that finger. Uh, it's not good for him right now. All this, like, Russ is getting cooked to talk, though. Every single time people start to have a really strong, bold take about quarterbacks, you know, it was like Derek Carr is elite MVP. Patrick Mahomes looks like he's not that good anymore. Like, every single time we have those takes, you know, they oh, they're always wrong. you know, everyone wants to do these fucking one and two game sample sizes after we have eight years of sample sizes on these players. It's so fucking stupid, it's so stupid. And this like Russell Wilson is on the decline of his career. He's getting cooked. he's not as mobile as he was. He's not as accurate as he was. These takes are going to look so fucking bad in a couple weeks, all right? I mean their their schedule, let's see. Washington, San Francisco, Houston, Ram, Chicago, Detroit. So a mix of good and bad games. Dude, we know what Russell Wilson is. One of the most accurate players in the history of the game. Okay. We're looking at a, what a two game sample size where he hasn't looked good Yeah, In the beginning of the year, he didn't look good for fantasy purposes, but he's still fucking amazing as a quarterback. I think those takes are just going to look really, really stupid in a week or two. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, there was just, you know, it was the finger thing and they're going to play that back up. But things that I'm hearing right now are fucking ridiculous on Russ. I understand he didn't look good in this game, but like fucking relax, relax. Rushing Rashad Penny ripped off a beautiful 18 yard carry, and that was about it. Then he hurts himself. Um, so he's probably gonna miss some time. I believe it's a hamstring injury, like you know, drink. Alex Collins leads the backfield with 10 carries, but again, like did nothing in the passing game. DJ Dallas is a name to monitor, but like realistically, again, this is a sample size of this backfield that we know just is not one that we really want at this point. It was Chris Carson out for the year. DJ Dallas is a wide receiver turned running back and looked pretty good on the ground in this one. Did score the only touchdown in this game for Seattle. So it's like, I don't know, maybe worth a pickup in PPR leagues. But Collins is the guy I guess you want to own. Gerald Everett is an interesting tight end pickup, in my opinion. Had a big game last week. Uh, catches three passes in this game when Russell Wilson only completed fourteen passes, so he's like one of the top receiver or you know receiving options on this team for multiple weeks in a row. So Gerald, Gerald Everett, if you're really desperate a tight end, you know if you have Travis Kelsey as your tight end or if you have Zach Ertz as your tight end, because those two guys are going to be on a bye this upcoming week, and you know your your league does not have anybody available and Gerald Everett is there, you could probably do worse than Gerald Everett against the Washington football team. Last game of the week 41 they almost hit the fucking over in just the fourth quarter 41 to 37 the Chargers pull off the dub they scored 41 points in the fourth quarter big Ben 273 and two tuggers Justin Herbert 382 three tugs um anything to take away here Chase Claypool back uh, of course as soon as I drop him he has a 5 for 93 game but nothing else to take away here from the Steelers side Najee Harris still getting a zillion touches still scoring touchdowns Deontay Johnson still one of the best wide receivers in the game Chargers Austin Eckler fucking amazing Keenan Allen. Amazing. Mike Williams had the 53 yard touchdown at the end of the game to seal it for them. But other than that, disappointing, if it wasn't left open, it was more of like a broken coverage play. So of course, if you had Mike Williams in your lineup, you love that. But if you didn't, you're still like, uh, oh, you know, that's not the kind of predictive, number that you like to see because you don't know what that means going forward, right? If you didn't have that, it's another super mediocre, like four for 50 game that you don't want in your lineup. The Chargers play at Denver, at Cincinnati, the Giants, the Chiefs, the Houston Texans, then Denver again. That's an extremely favorable matchup for the Chargers offense going forward. Unfortunately, every single skill player on this team had a big game, so they're not by low candidates whatsoever. You just keep riding this high into the sunset and into the fucking hardware trophy case in your man cave. <sighs> there we do it record time, forty four minutes because I have an, I have a call with my accountant in ten minutes at two p.m. Eastern time. Call with my accountant. You know I've been I've been kind of uh, hyping it up, and I'm going to make a video about this. Here's what I'll say: We are getting official office space. BDGE will be getting an official office in New York City. In Manhattan. This is my life's work culminating into a physical realm. All right. Fuck the metaverse. We're going backwards. All right. We're getting a a real office space out here in Manhattan that we're going to be turning into a studio with that means we will be making full-time hires. We will be making full-time hires. This should all be in place by the end of February. March 1st ish is, uh, is the estimated date. So we're going to have a real office to work out of in New York. We will have, I think when all is said and done, we'll have five full-time employees working for BDGE. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but fuck, man. uh, I've been working on this full-time myself. I've been the only person that's gone solo uh, into BDGE, putting every second, every ounce of everything I have into this brand for the last five to seven years. And now we're going to have four or five guys putting everything they have into it. So what you're going to see over the next year is an absolute transformation of this brand uh, in a way that I can't even really put into words or or, or figure out where this goes from us. But just, just um, oh man, I'm fucking excited. What it's going to mean is scaling the volume of content by tenfold on all different platforms, the post-production, the editing, Uh, The cinematic production of this shit is going to go through the fucking roof. We're going to have editors. We're going to have videographers. We're going to have a creative director, and we are going to have web development, so full-stack developer type shit. If anybody out there is a real full-stack developer, please email me, info at bigdogsfantasy.com, info at bigdogsfantasy.com. If you know someone that's in the fantasy space or this is a full-time position, this will be in office. You will be working with myself and the BDGE team. If you know anyone that's a full time, full stack web developer that has experience, we're going to be making a whole lot of fucking tools for you guys. Dynasty trade calculators, in season sit start kind of tools. Like a whole, you're going to see a whole different side of BDGE that's never even been close to touchdown because I'm the only motherfucker that really works on this stuff full time. But we're there. We are scaling. I, man, this is, this just feels like the next evolution in what we are. Um, and I'm so fucking excited. So if you have someone that you would recommend, you you have someone that might be interested in this opportunity that's a full stack web developer, please send them my way or share this with them. Or I don't, you know, preferably someone who has fantasy football knowledge. So I'll be able to, you know, communicate with them freely on that shit. And I have to teach them two different things at once. Um, oh, whoo, whoo, that scared me. I've got to get on the call with my accountant because I have so many fucking things to figure out, you know, what's crazy about this process is like going through commercial real estate, trying to find an office means you got to find like a commercial real estate broker, as well as a commercial real estate lawyer to look over the contracts, employment contracts. You got to have a lawyer for that, like startup lawyers. It's crazy fucking shit. I have so much going on behind the scenes, uh, from a high level perspective, which is again, why I have been slacking a little bit on the in-season content. But this upcoming year, we will have more content creators that are covering Dynasty content. We will have, I will not be the only person anymore covering in-season, season-long fantasy content. So we're going to have new content creators joining the team for summer for prepping you for your drafts. I will still be on here as much as I possibly can. But you're going to have a lot of, a lot, a lot of cool new content coming from me and from the team. Um, And it'll all be onto this channel as well. We're probably going to be consolidating our channel to rip off all the dynasty content all the season long we'll have other people that will help you during the season as well because i know i've i've slacked on you know um you know like rankings and sit start types videos throughout the actual season and the weeks themselves uh but we will have dudes that you know i trust that i think are good for the brand that i know will be able to continue building the bdge brand in the way that i've done it up to this point and uh It's going to be an insane fucking year, man. And uh, I love every single one of y'all that watches anything we've ever put out, any support, any thumbs up, any subscription y'all have done um, financially or just, you know, investing your time because that's way more important financially than any sort of uh, investment you can make otherwise. So this this shit is about to get real. This shit is about to get official. But with that, man, uh, I love y'all. I will see you tomorrow on the waiver wire video.